Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. Season 6, episode number 33. Today, I'm going to discuss five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Um, You know, I've been seeing a lot of things through social media. I've been seeing a lot of things just with my own eyes in person. And I feel like we just... There are some things that people are doing is just, you know, there are mistakes, you know, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So I'm going to share some light on it, um, talk about these five things, and then we're going to talk about what we should do or some things we can we should consider instead. So I'm not just going to talk about some issues or some problems. I'm also going to try to offer you some, some type of solution or answer. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to welcome everybody to the show. I'm I'm appreciative of everyone that takes a little time out of their busy schedule to listen to my podcast. So if you've listened to my podcast before, again, thank you. And this is your first time listening. Welcome. Welcome to the team. I appreciate you coming on and and listening. Uh, The SDP podcast is the only podcast that, that focuses strictly on skill development So everything that we talk about on this podcast today and everything that we've talked about in the past has to do with skill development. We're not going to talk about offenses. We're not going to talk about defenses unless it directly relates to skill development. So um, only thing I ask for you to do is to subscribe to my podcast and it can be heard on a number of different podcast platforms and to share it. Share it with your circle of influence through social media. And if you do that, tag me. And uh, I will retweet or reshare and, or, you know, give you a big shout out for that. So I appreciate that. And at the end of the show, make sure you stay on. I give you some information on how you can contact me, uh, where you can follow me on social media, all my Twitter handles, my email address, my website, the whole nine uh, when we wrap up the show. So let's get right on into it. Five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. These are not in any kind of particular order, but number one, this is probably one of the mistakes that you see most often. Try to or trying to emulate NBA players. This is a huge mistake. (laughs) It's a huge mistake in youth development. I get it. Okay. Uh, I understand. I think this this stems back to when we had some of the the OGs in the game uh, when they would when they would do skill development videos and <clears throat> and talk about skill development and different things that they would see at the highest level, which is the NBA level, and they would start using NBA players as examples. Right? This is the Kobe Bryant shooting drill. This is the uh, Chris Paul ball handling drill. And I'm good with that. I understand the reason behind that because you're doing that to draw the attention of the player, to get that player to be like, oh my goodness, this is what Chris Paul does. This is what LeBron James does. This is what Kevin Durant does. This is what, you know, uh, any other player you can think of. This is what Blake Griffin does. So it would to engage them and get and get their attention. And now it's been taken a little further. And now you have coaches and trainers wanting to try to emulate things that players at the highest level of the NBA try to do. Well, here's the thing you got to remember. Youth players do not have the skill level, the knowledge, the athletic ability or coordination 
that our NBA heroes have, right? But we often see these coaches and trainers try to teach some of the same skills NBA players perform. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When I was a kid, I would watch my favorite players, right? I watched Tim Hardaway, Michael Jordan, whoever it may be, and I would go outside and replicate their moves, right? So I would try to go out and shoot the fadeaway like MJ and kick my leg and all that different stuff. I would try to Tim Hardaway crossover, what was called the UTEP two-step. He'd go between the legs and he'd cross them over. Or I would pretend like I'm Reggie Miller coming off of a, of a, off of a double uh, wide pin down, and you know, to catch and shoot the uh, the three pointer. But my dad and I would look at those players and look at what suits me to add to my game. Right then we would break it down to where it would be digestible, because nowadays I see trainers take a player like James Harden. And they'll watch him do a multiple dribble move before setting up his defender for the step back, pull up three. Right? Well, what they don't realize is, and when I say we, I'm meaning the player and the trainer, is that James Harden is in a very unique situation, or he was in a very unique situation when he was in Houston. He was allowed the freedom to dribble, 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 dribble some more, and then shoot the step back. 99.99% of the kids, they ain't going to get that opportunity. Heck, 99% of the players in in the NBA don't get that opportunity. So I don't understand why you would do that. I was having a conversation, side note, I was having a conversation with my wife, and she was talking about how she just cracks up laughing when I say stuff is dumb. That's just dumb. That's that's one of the dumb... (laughs) I'm sorry. But that's dumb because we're talking about, and when I say youth players, I'm not talking about high-level elite high school, high-level elite college and professional players that's trying to get to the NBA. I'm not talking about those players. I'm talking about youth players, elementary, middle school, junior high, high school players, right? That's what I'm talking about. 99.99% 99.99% of those players are not going to ever possess the skill level, the talent, and the ability that James Harden, Chris Paul, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Giannis, like they're not going to they're not going to develop that type of talent. So, what can you learn from a player like James Harden? Well, maybe you take away how low he gets on his drive, right? The balance on his step back how he uses his offhand to keep the defender off of him. Or maybe his follow-through. Maybe because, you know, he has a high follow-through, he snaps his wrist, the whole nine. Or you do some research to try and figure out when James Harden was a youth player or a high school player. What was he doing to get better? Because, see, these players have already labeled a – they've already set a blueprint, right? And you need to use that blueprint instead of trying to copy his skills today. Now, that may be a little difficult to do. You may not be able to have video or you may not have any information on that. But I would try to figure out, okay, these particular NBA players, what were they doing at 12, 13, 14 years old? Once you see what they're doing, if you're able, if that is documented or if you're able to find that out, then you got to realize, well, 
what can I do for my child? Because every kid is different. So just because LeBron James went to the gym for three hours a day, three days a week as a 12-year-old, and I don't know if that's true or not, I just made that up, uh, that doesn't mean your kid is equipped for that. Your kid may only be equipped for 30 minutes a day, two or three days a week. And then over time, you can develop or you can raise that standard. Okay, we, we went 30 minutes a day for three days a week. Well, now let's try to go 45 minutes a day for three days a week. But, but you get an idea or a blueprint of kind of what they were doing at that stage of their career or that stage in their life. We're looking at players that's the, the top one, two, three percent of basketball players in the world. And then we're asking players that are youth players that are beginners to try to emulate what they're doing. In my opinion, that's a big mistake. All right. So five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Number one, trying to emulate NBA players. Number two, too much focus on technical skills and not enough on development. Okay. Now, we have to be careful here. So when I talk about technical skills, I'm talking about trying to learn things when they really trying to learn certain skills when they really need to learn how to play the game. Right now, I've been doing y'all have heard me say that I've been doing skill development for 20 years. So I feel like from me with my skills with the ability to be able to teach, I could teach anybody. Anybody, right? How to dribble, pass, and shoot. I can teach somebody else how to teach someone how to dribble, pass, and shoot, right? So, and I and I say that with a sense of caution because I'm not saying that just anybody can teach uh, the game of basketball because it's a little harder than that, but. I think everyone has the ability to learn. I should say that. Everyone has the ability to learn how to dribble, pass, and shoot. That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it to a certain level to where you're one of the best players or you're a great basketball player. But I can show someone or someone can learn, just about anybody can learn how to shoot. Just about anybody can learn how to pass and how to dribble to a certain degree, you know, not saying that they're going to be a Steph Curry, but you can learn how to shoot, dribble and pass. Right now, definitely. Again, some are going to do it better than others, but I feel personally, I can teach just about any player to shoot a basketball, to dribble or to pass. Okay. I can teach someone how to pivot. Now their ability to perform will be determined by many factors, right? And that's where we start getting separation. Coordination, strength, experience, willingness to learn, basketball comprehension, which a lot of people don't think about, being able to comprehend what it is that I'm telling you if I'm using basketball terms, being able to use your imagination and picture yourself doing this, uh, coming to a jump stop, pivoting off, you know, doing a reverse pivot off your left foot, Jab step, go to the basket, shoot a layup. Like if you're a basketball player or a basketball coach and you have experience, as I was saying that you could picture that in your head. But if you've never played basketball before, you can't picture that. Right. You may not even understand what it was that I said. So basketball comprehension is important. So, you know, I could teach them. 
Now, applying those technical skills in competition with the proper mindset is something totally different. Okay, it's totally different. So a lot of trainers and coaches are great at teaching different moves. They can teach step backs, euro steps, punch dribbles, hip swivels, and all kind of combo moves or lingo or terminology that you want to use to describe what it is that you're doing. Some are great at teaching, at teaching shooting and the intricate details that is involved, but that's as far as it goes, right, with those trainers. Now, there are also some that are great at pushing you and making you sweat and work really hard. They combine sports performance and skill training to give you great endurance and on-court skill workout. And there's nothing wrong with the two different trainers that I mentioned. All right. I don't want you to think there's anything wrong. I'm not bashing them. There's space for for them and they are needed. Right. We also need more development in a sense of knowing how to play the game. I tell players I train all the time. This is why I tell them all the time. There are those that play basketball and those that know how to play basketball. My job is to teach you how to play basketball. Right. You know, think about the players that are really good in pickup, but then when you put them on an organized team, they just struggle. They struggle because those are players that just want to play and they just play basketball. And they could be really good at just playing basketball, but they don't know how to play basketball. Like you have your hoopers and you have your players, but you have your players they can hoop, right? Like, you could take a Kevin Durant and put him on any basketball court in just about any environment, and he's going he's gonna to kill you, right? 6'10", 6'11", 7 foot, or however tall they say he is, 6'9", whatever. And you can just give him a ball and just say, hey, go out there and hoop, and he'll hoop. But then at the same time, you could put him in a team environment and say, hey, this is your role. This is what we want you to do. This is what we need you to do. This is the defensive schemes. These are the offensive schemes. This is what we want. And he'll be able to follow and understand. So you have those different types of players. So we have to be able to teach them to perform a technical skill, or we can teach them how to perform a technical skill. We can teach them why, but we also must add in when and explain how this fits their game and in the system they play in, right? If we don't do this, we're doing them a disservice. So let me say that one more time. We can teach them how to perform a technical skill. We can teach them why, but we also must add in when and explain how this fits their individual game and in the system they play in. Right. Because if we don't do that, we're doing a great disservice. So if we're talking about closeouts. Right. We're talking about attacking closeouts. Um, if you're a great shooter and so teams are going to be attacking hard, attacking you hard on those closeouts. Let the player know why they need this skill in their game. Right. How can it benefit them? Right. So, hey, you know, hey, man, you do a really great job on the catch and shoot. Teams are going to be attacking your, you know, they're going to be closing out really hard on you. So this is why we have to be able to attack this closeout. This is how this fits into your game as an individual player 
and how you can make this fit in the system that you play in. Right. Again, if we don't do that, we're doing them a disservice. So we have to make sure they understand how it can benefit them, how they can apply it in the system that they run on their team. Now we are developing and we're developing them, developing them not just on an individual level, but as an individual within a team system. And that's totally different, right? We can develop them as an individual or we can develop them as an individual within a team system. That's what's important. All right, so we, we spent a lot of time on technical skills and, and I'm going to wrap this up right here. We spent a lot of time on technical skills, teaching them how to dribble, pass, shoot, how to make moves, how to finish, but we're not developing them to teach them how, why, and when to apply those skills within their team. Now, there are some that feel like that's not a trainer's job. As a trainer, it's not my job to uh, take these skills and relate it to the game. I'm just going to improve your skills enhance your skills, and then it's up to your coach to see the skills that you've improved on and then plug it into the system. And I get that. I, and, and I somewhat agree with that. Um, but, my, my, <laughs> but I also feel like we have to know the type of system that they're in. And that's going to help us with with determining the skills that they need, right? Because at the end of the day, if I got a kid that's, on, that's, that's coming to me and they say, hey, coach, I'm not getting a whole lot of playing time. And I say, okay, well, why are you not getting a whole lot of playing time? Well, I'm just not good enough. Okay, well, let's just work on anything. I, I don't personally like that. And, it, you know, I want to know why you're not playing, what type of system you're running, what's your role. Then that kind of helps me put something together for you, right? Now, I'm doing that, and another coach may be doing something totally different. Hey, we're just going to work on these skills, and you're going to get better, and then it's up to your coach to plug you in. You know, we still got the same goal. We're still trying to work to make the kid better. Their approach is different from mine. Their approach may work. My approach may work. Theirs may not work for a particular player. Mine may not work for a particular player. Every situation is different. That's why I say when people talk about skill development, there's more than one way to do this. And we can't get caught up in saying that their way is completely wrong and my way is right. No, every situation is different. But I feel like, because it's all a theory, right? It's, it's all a theory. I mean, I can use statistics to show that what I've done work versus somebody else's. So it's, it's all a theory. But... um. The development part, we yes, we got to make sure that we're working with them to help them within a system. Um, and I think even that person that may just work on skills, they're still going to be interested in knowing how the how the player fits on their team. Um, if they're not interested in how they fit on the team, I just can't see how they're really helping that player improve and be able to get on the court. All right, so five of the biggest mistakes in youth basketball or youth development, I'm sorry. Number one, trying to emulate NBA players. Number two, trying 
uh, too much focus on technical skills and not enough on development. Number three, punishing for mistakes. Oh, my goodness. This drives me crazy, drives me up the wall. I know I've already said my statement before, but this is one of the dumbest things that you can do, right? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, somebody, please, somebody somewhere across the world, this podcast is heard all over the world. Can anybody give me a rational explanation or reasoning why you will punish a kid, a player that's in a learning environment, in a learning environment, why they will be punished for mistakes? Make it make sense to me because I don't know. I just, that's the, again, I know my wife is going to kill me, but that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I just don't get it. All right. Skill development. Listen, skill development should be a safe learning environment. All right. Players should be able to come in and just be free and explore and try new things. If a player know that they're going to be punished for making a mistake, they will no longer be creative and they will become robotic and indecisive about what to do in a basketball court. So think about this. You got a 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kid. They're out there on the on the court and they want to dribble. But they but when they get the ball, they're scared because in practice they've dribbled, lost it off their foot, dribbled it out of bounds, lost control of the ball, got stolen. Coach fussing at them, yelling at them. And then they're like, get on the line and run because you turned the ball over too much. So how does that motivate a kid to want to, to get better at dribbling? That's what I want to know. How does that motivate a player to say, you know what, I'm tired of running. I'm going to go out here and work on my ball handling for 20 minutes every day. That may work with some kids. That might have worked with that coach when that coach was younger. But I guarantee you, majority of the time, it's not going to work with that particular kid. I might be wrong. But what that kid is going to do, they're not going to dribble. When they get the ball and they think about the punishment that they had, they'll be like, oh, somebody come get it. Right? So we got to allow them to make mistakes. Uh, we don't want them to become robotic. We don't want them to be indecisive. I've often, often said players should be punished for things like lack of effort, being lazy, not going hard, maybe not listening. Some of those type things, right? But not for making mistakes on the court, right? Especially when they are there to learn. Like, I just, I don't. I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around that. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, we know as a coach, you have to know mistakes are part of the process. We can't expect for players to learn something new and not believe they will make mistakes. It's just I'm dumbfounded. Right. So coaches, we must we must develop some patience. We got to have patience, the patience to allow players to make mistakes, the patience to know that what we are doing is not for right now at this very moment, but for the future. All right. I tell players all the time, if you want to be a particular player in the future, if you want to be different in the future, you got to kill the person you are today. I mean, you can't be the same person you are today and expect to be different in the future. It doesn't make any sense. So as a coach, if I want my player to be different in the future than who they are now, I got to allow a growth process. 
I got to allow change. I got to allow some, some, uh, I got to allow them to be different. I got to allow them to explore. I got to allow them to make some mistakes. I got to allow them to learn. Then that is going to develop them into the person that they want to be in the future. But I can't get mad at them because they're dribbling the ball off their foot. Now, again, I can punish them for their effort. I can look at them and say, hey, you're not giving me maximum effort. Okay, I'm not punishing you for mistakes. I'm punishing you for your effort. Because I just feel like with me being a private for a higher coach, I'm not going to coach effort. Your parents are spending the two two of the most valuable things that you can spend. That's money is one. And the other is time. Time is more expensive than money because time is something you can't earn back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Right? So I shouldn't have to try to motivate you to come in and give me the effort that is needed for you to improve and get better. So I don't really coach effort. But in a team environment, team setting, you need to give effort. If the team is not giving effort, well, let's get on the line and run. Let's do some push-ups. Let's do, let's do some sit-ups. Let's do some, you know, some lunges to full length of the court or, or around the court. I mean, whatever it is you want to do. I get that. But if we're in a learning environment, if I got practice and practice is, you know, hour and a half, let's say it's a team practice and the first 20 minutes is skill development and we know players are trying to get better, for those 20 minutes, I want to try not to punish them for making a mistake. Now, if we're scrimmaging, in a team setting and it's the last five minutes and they're constantly making some mistakes, uh, but they're doing something I've told them repeatedly not to do, or they're showing that they don't care. Then I can, I can see that, but if this is a learning environment. We're trying to get you to learn how to dribble. So I know you're going to make mistakes. I should not be, I should not be punishing you because you're making that mistake. That's how I feel. All right, five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Number one, trying to emulate NBA players. Number two, too much focus on technical skills and not enough on development. Number three, punishing for mistakes. Number four, giving directions versus instructions. Whoo, boy. I see this all the time. I think sometimes we give directions instead of instruction because we don't really know how to teach. I heard a guy... Um, I was watching this video on YouTube. It was from a coaching clinic. I think it was Basketball Manitoba. I think I'm pronouncing that right. They uh they had something on YouTube. And one of the coaches that were that was doing the the clinic said that something to this nature. This was a, a few years ago when I watched this that he felt like basketball is not being taught as much anymore. Because the people that are coaching basketball, there are more people coaching basketball that don't have a teaching background. And that makes a lot of sense. Right. Usually the, the coaches will have a uh, something to teach. Right. They'll be in school. They'll teach P.E. They'll teach math. So it, it there are certain skills and abilities you need as a teacher. Right. You got to. You got to put together your your lesson plan that's very similar to a practice plan. You have to understand different personalities. That's the same thing that, that coaches have to do. Um, you have to be able to grade and give feedback, right? 
Coaches do the same thing. I evaluate and give feedback. And then if I'm a teacher that really care, I'm going to show it to you again and give you maybe some extra work. I may tell you to come in during lunch. I may tell you to come in five minutes before five or 10 minutes before school. I may ask you to stay after school for 10 minutes. Coaches have to do the same thing. Hey, won't you come in five or 10 minutes before practice? Or won't you come in during your lunch? We can look at some film. Or won't you come in after practice for an extra five or 10 minutes? Right? Or some coaches may even say, hey, let's come in here on an off day. Me and you on Saturday for 20, 30 minutes. Let me show you some stuff. Right? So there are a lot of similarities between coaches and teachers. Coaches are teachers. Teachers are practically coaches too. Right? But coaches are teachers. You have to be able to teach the game. Right? Evaluate. Give feedback. Grade them. Uh, we got to get this better. We got to do this again. Right? So... There are a lot more directions. So when you don't have that knowledge of how to put together a lesson plan, how to teach, how to break something down, then it's going to be a struggle. So what happens is you give directions. Direction is what's on the back of a cake mix box, right? It tells you the ingredients, what to do step by step. There's very little thinking and decision making going on. You just follow direction. I need egg. Get the egg out of the refrigerator. I need oil. Get the oil out the cabinet. Right? Uh, Or whatever else you need. We need some sugar. Right? You get all that stuff, and it tells you directly exactly what you're supposed to do. So, after you bake your little cake, they don't make you a pastry chef or a baker. Right? Now, when you learn or receive instructions on how to bake that cake, that's different. So, you understand what you are doing. And you're not just following the directions. Now, you may still refer to a recipe. You may have to get some help. You may, you may, not, know, you may not know all the answers. That's perfectly fine. But the basic knowledge and understanding is there. This is often missing in, in basketball skill development. We bark, out and, we bark out directions and tell players, go to this cone, go to that cone, shoot a layup or make this pass or shoot this shot. But the instruction comes with the details that's within that drill. Why do a player need to turn their hips when they go between the legs? Explanation on vision versus having your head up. Why should a player have finished with their left hand instead of their right hand if the defender is on their right hip? See, this develops the basketball IQ and makes the skills that we are working on come together. So there's a lot of times in youth basketball that we give directions. We're just trying to get players to master the drill. And not really learn the skill. I hate the term skills and drills. People say that all the time. Hey, you, oh, you do skills and drills? No, I don't do skills and drills. I develop players. <laughs> I just It's just something about that. It sounds very generic and just like anybody can do that. No, I'm not. It's not skills and drills. We're doing development, right? Uh, so... Make sure that you're not just trying to get players to master the drill. You want them to learn the skills and the techniques that are being performed within the drill. That's how they get better. Okay? That's how they get better. All right, the last one. And this is just as important. And all of these are equally important. You know, you may look at this and say, well, this is a little more important than this. 
But this is this is huge, too. And this tip here is really number five is really for the parents. It's really for the parents. Five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Number five, not allowing players to have fun. Not allowing players to have fun. I see a lot of youth players. I'm talking about as young as first grade. Training like they're in high school or even college. Like, really? I guess you parents think that your kid is going to the NBA or the WNBA like next year. <laughs> Y'all need to relax. Let them have some fun. If your kid is in elementary school, they have plenty of time to develop and take the game serious. Plenty of time. Plus, you're going to need some help from God for your kid to make it. All right? They're going to need a whole lot of natural ability, a strong work ethic, and a strong mindset. Plus, they're going to need some blessings. By that, I mean, like, no real significant injuries. They're going to need a strong support system that will make sure nothing or no one stops your child from achieving their dream. Okay? So it's going to take a lot, and there's no rush, right? Now, if your kid is 10th grade and decide I want to try for the basketball team, and they never picked up a basketball before, and they're talking about they want to play in the NBA, you're going to need a whole lot of God to make that dream or wish come true, right? So, you know, there are some things that have to just happen and fall in, in your favor, Right. But your elementary kid may like basketball today and move on to something else next week. You just never know. Right. There are kids right now because my, my daughter's is my daughter is 10. She's in fourth grade and she does pretty well. And there are there are kids right now that are just picking up a basketball third, fourth grade. And they got plenty of time. They got plenty of time. But what, come, what it comes down to is how much time they put in and how serious they become and all that stuff. But they have time. They don't have to train every day for two, three hours a day to try to be some big-time player. Because I, I guarantee you, there's, there are players right now that are ranked top 100, ESPN top 100, boys or girls. You think all those players going to the WNBA? No. Or the NBA? No. Do you think all those players are going to play professional basketball? No. So, basketball is a tool to try to use to give us some type of advantage or some type of leverage. Not everybody's going to be the NBA in the NBA, WNBA. And if you make it to the NBA, it don't mean you're going to be like a LeBron James, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. You ain't going to be like that. You may be a role player. You come off the bench, you get a team 17, 18, 20 minutes a game, you average five or six points. Can you live with that? What if you don't make it to the NBA? So my point is, and kids, a lot of times when they're real young, they have all these big dreams, and there's nothing wrong with that. My daughter had big dreams of what she wanted to do with basketball, but I'm trying to teach her how to have fun. I want her to fall in love with the game, and I think I've done that. She's fallen in love with the game. 
right? So just let them fall in love with the game. So every time you take them to the gym, it doesn't have to be practice. Sometimes they just want to go and play. They just want to have fun. Let them go and have fun. My daughter would shoot on the on the goal in the backyard, and I'd be watching her. I'd be like, doggone it. She need to get her follow-through up. Why is she shooting like that? And I want to go outside and tell her. But you know what? I don't. I'm like, man, let me go ahead and do something else. Let her. She need to figure that out. She just having fun. Because what happens is if I stay on her about, you got to do this every time you shoot. You got to do this. You got to do that. All the time, then it's going to turn into work. It's not going to be fun anymore. Then, then it's going to go from her dragging me to the gym to me dragging her to the gym. Then it's going to go from me dragging her to the gym to where I'm coaching her all the time. And then she doesn't want to hear what I got to say. And that's what I don't want. All right. So pick your spots. So you don't have to coach them every time. They want to go to the gym. Every time you watch a game on TV, you don't have have to act like you're having a film session. Just let them enjoy the game. Just be a fan, right? When at the dinner table, you can ask them about school, their friends, other hobbies and interests. If they want to talk about basketball, trust me, they will. All right? My daughter talks about basketball all the time. She loves watching the game. She loves going to the gym and she loves to compete. But I let her do that on her time. Now, I will say this. When we leave practice, whether it's me and her at the gym or whether she's at in one of my classes or we have team practice or whatever, I ask her, hey, how you think you did in practice? And she'll tell me. Oh, I thought I did pretty good. I thought it went pretty good today. I thought it went well. Uh, I didn't do so well today. I'm like, okay, well, if she tell me, you know, it went well, but what do you think it, how do you, how do you come up with that? What makes you think it went well? What makes you think it didn't go so well? So I'm just asking her a few questions because typically from the gym to my house, I have about a 15 minute drive. We might talk about practice for five to 10 minutes. Not every time we get in the car and we talk about it, we talk about it all the way home. Unless she's asking me questions. I might say, well, Nicole, I thought you did pretty good today. I thought you did really well. We talked about some stuff from last practice. You need to do better. And you came in today and you did that. And then she'll tell me what she thought and why, why she was doing something different. Or she'll tell me, oh, I was thinking about what you said. And, you know, five minutes into it, we done. And then we'll talk about something else, something completely different. Or she might fall asleep in the car. So that's just me. That's how I do it. I try to make it fun, try to keep it light. You know, I might tell her, hey, you know, the WNBA game is on. She'll watch it and we'll just sit in here and watch. I don't coach her. And she'll watch it. She'll be like, ooh, we were working on that. Ooh, her shot is pretty. Ooh, she need to get her follow-through up. But I don't go into coaching her. I just let her talk. It's like, I'm just sitting there and we just enjoying each other's company. But I try to keep it fun, okay? Try to keep it fun. All right, so that is it for today's show. Hey, again, I appreciate everybody that's that's tuned in and listened to the show. Uh, Five of the biggest mistakes in youth development. Again, number one, trying to emulate NBA players. 
Number two, too much focus on technical skills and not enough on development. Number three, punishing for mistakes. Number four, giving directions versus instructions. And number five, not allowing players to have fun. So be sure to post about my show. Tag me if you're on Instagram or if you're on Twitter or if you're on Clubhouse. I know you can't tag me on Clubhouse, but I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. My handle is at NBNBball, at NBNBball. Give me a follow. Give me a shout. Let people know you're listening to the show. Hey, put something on there that you that you liked about the show. Uh, I try to engage with everybody. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. I haven't been really active on Clubhouse lately. I really like the concept. I gotta get I gotta get active more. I think I'm gonna start jumping on there and doing a little talk on Wednesdays. That's usually my that's usually my better day for me. Maybe do Clubhouse on Wednesday. And then do the the podcast, release the episodes on Fridays. So uh, be sure to visit my website, though, tjonesfirm.com, T-J-O-N-E-S-F-I-R-M, tjonesfirm.com. You can see all my information, different services I provide. You can learn about me and what I do with with, uh, skill development. If you have any questions, any questions about anything relating to skill development, send me an email. Send all inquiries to info. I-N-F-O, info at tjonesfirm.com. That's info at T-J-O-N-E-S-F-I-R-M.com. Um, also, before I let you go, I want y'all to know that I've been working with coaches build skill development programs for their teams. It's a framework to get you organized so the head coach and the staff will all be on the same page, the exact same page. And we're covering everything from... You know, coach and player expectations, coaching standards, what to expect in a training session to fundamental foundations to, um, you know, shooting to, you know, evaluations, everything. And it can be completely customized to fit your team needs and, and your philosophy. We got philosophies, core values, mission statements, visions, like the whole nine. It's it's completely comprehensive. It's basically like having a skill development coach on staff. That's basically what it is. And some of the schools that I've been working with, they're using it as re- as a recruiting tool. As a recruiting tool. So, you know, it's something about having this, this information. And you have players come in and think about coming to your school, um, your prep school or your or your high school and the parents come in to visit with you, the kids come in to visit with you and you can put that down on the table and they can flip through it and see it and be like, wow, you know, this is this is great. This is great. So um, if you're interested in any more information about that, you can send me a DM through social media on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to follow me. I follow back. Okay, I'm not one of those coaches that be like, I got one follower. I'll follow back. Now, if I see that you post up, if you don't post anything, I ain't going to follow you. But um, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, and you want some information about it, you know, send me a DM uh, at NBNBball, or you can just send me an email, info at tjonesfirm.com. i get the email. I'll look at it, and then we'll, we can, you know, uh, start a little conversation and uh, if we need to, we can hop on a Zoom call, like a 15-minute, 20-minute Zoom call. I can kind of show you what it is, what it looks like, yeah, and we can discuss if it's something for you um, and your program. Uh, 
All right, that is it. I appreciate everybody. Thank y'all. Until next time, God bless.